welcome to Let Me Know How It Is, a pop culture podcast about TV, movies, comics, and all things geek. New Year's is right around the corner, which means it's time again for our giant size year-end annual. I'm Zach Slater. I'm Frank Melman. This is Tommy Smith-Arains. And I'm Clifton. So as always, this will be a two-part episode, and here in part one, we'll be looking back and discussing our favorite things from 2021. So we thought we would uh, open up with the Marvel movies, just lumped in together as <laughs> one category. So fire away, guys. Where do you want to start? So what, we got Black Widow first? Yeah, Black Widow was the first one out back in July. I like how to introduce Florence Pugh. <laughs> okay. Definitely yes. a highlight. Definitely a highlight. Mm-hmm. Yes, one of the best things about that movie, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. For sure. <laughs> David Harbour was good, too. A lot, um, lot of charisma on screen she has. She's, uh, you know, um, I don't know. It's just one of those things like, like when that character was on, was on screen, I was like, I was looking at that character always. Right. Like, what is she doing? What is she up to? You know, she's just, she was kind of magnetic that way, I think, you know, which is, I think, a testament to the writing, but also her performance, which I think was a lot of fun. Yeah, it's going to be interesting what, to see what they do with her moving forward, I think. Mm-hmm. I thought all the Taskmaster, like, like as, as the, like, you know, kind of uh, tonally as the Terminator throughout the movie was, <laughs> was a nice touch. That was fun. I mean, that was, uh, you know, like, yeah, it was, it, that, that, that was an intimidating figure, <laughs> you know, on screen for them. Um, it, it did, it, w- w- with reasonably a small amount of screen time, every time Taskmaster appeared, it, w- it was all, it was like, oh, crap, what are you going to do now? Right, right. <laughs> you know, like, how are you going to get away from this one? Right. Which I thought was cool. Yeah, it's a fun, you know, it was a fine, it was fine for the movie. Overall, I wish they had gone with a different character, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I, was, I like how they incorporated the Red Room as part of uh, that universe. or so how they um, generally create these assass- assassin women. Mm-hmm. And, you know, basically they took mm-hmm. a, a wild spin on trafficking. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. It was a nice, um, I guess, send off for um, the Black Widow character as far as what she had to deal with outside of the team, at least. Mm -hmm. Instead of her just disappearing Mm -hmm. and reappearing at whenever they need her. Right. I mean, it's definitely a shame that it took them so long to give us more with her. I know there was some there was some internal political fighting inside the company where some creative forces wanted to put her at the forefront and some did not until those got ousted or out of the way, we weren't able to. And then we finally did. It would have been nice if it had happened earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do like, like what we got with her when they finally did give it to us and, and built her out more. I think that was nice. Yeah. I think overall, I mean, it had a, it definitely felt like a, you know, like a side four issue classic Marvel miniseries mm-hmm. as opposed to her getting her own series kind of a thing. Right. It just definitely feel like this is the story, you know, the story that bridged the two movies, the bigger movies that that took place. So I yeah. liked it, but you know, again, I agree with Clifton that it would have been better if we had gotten something a lot sooner for her. Mm-hmm. Seeing how popular the character is, so yeah. it was nice seeing. I just think more of her story too, instead of instead of like the drips and drabs that we got it in mm-hmm. throughout like the rest of the series through through all three phases. So it was, it was neat to see her family dynamic and and you know i guess what what was motivating and in, in what that character was carrying internally throughout all of this stuff that we didn't really get to see mentioned much but um 
you know, it was it was, it was nice to see a, a little bit of what a little origin as to like what makes that character tick. Right. And why she is the way she is, I think. So, but yeah, I mean, I think I think uh Frank, you put it nicely. It does feel very kind of classic. Uh this is this is um a side miniseries mm-hmm. thing. You know, like like I think about it, not a Marvel book actually, but I think about like the Deadshot miniseries right. as the sidebar to the Suicide Squad, Ostrander stuff. Like it feels very much like that. Oh yeah, um, for sure. Which is cool. Yeah. Very, very cool. Absolutely. Yeah. Should we uh should we pivot? Should we pivot to Shang-Chi? Am I skipping one? No, I'm not skipping one. That was no, next. That was the second nice one. one. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, that's the next one. I liked it a lot. I thought it was a lot of fun. Okay. I thought the action was really good in it. The fight scene on the bus was damn cool. Yeah, yeah. No, that one's <laughs> that one's cool, especially like if you get to go watch the behind the scenes and how they did that whole that whole sequence was really cool. Okay. I think that's one of the best sequences. I think it's one of the best sequences in any Marvel film. You think so? Is is that is that scene? It's pretty great. Huh. Yeah, that's interesting. I, do. I put that very high on my list. It would have been. I don't know. It would have been higher to me if I didn't see another bus scene done. That made me solidified in their head. Not to say that was a cool bus scene. I just saw it done at a different in a different movie. Is this is this I've, a topic for a future show? Bus scenes in superhero movies? Yeah, it could be. It definitely could be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I like that scene. I mean, I overall like the characters and I thought, I mean, granted, it's not very, it isn't, it isn't Shang-Chi from the comics. Um, they definitely make it their own thing, which is fine. And my, my main thing was, I was saying I liked, I liked, um, I liked, uh, was it Simu Liu? That's his name. Mm-hmm. As Shang-Chi, I thought he was great. I thought he was, he was, he was, he played all the earnest stuff really well. I thought he did the action really well. Yeah, I liked it. I thought it was a lot of fun. He had a good, I think, like, like, likable Peter Parker aspect to him. I think that he, he, he weirdly, um, even though he was, he's, you know, the greatest fighter on the planet and it, right. And coming from, from an immortal dad, uh, it's like he, he's, he is kind of an everyman. Yeah. In, in that situation, I think, like, I think he played that really, really well. And, you know, and I, I had said in, in offline discussions that we've been having when we were talking about the movie is, you know, I think he's like one of the most likable guys in the MCU. Like, he just yeah. seems to be like, like, you can't you can't hate that guy at all. Right. I just wish they played up the dad to be a little bit more menacing, you know? Sure. Because mm-hmm. the, what they created in that one um, um, All Hail the King, that featurette. Yeah. Seemed to made him seem way more dangerous than the actual character appeared when it came out to be. That's all. Yeah, I think that that was one definitely one that mm. suffered from the fact that like they they wanted the Mandarin for Iron Man, they didn't know what they wanted to do with him. Is the problematic, you know, with the, with culturally what with with the Mandarin, and then, um, you know, they didn't have enough time to like backsell it really <laughs> because they yeah. already mm. they already kind of paid themselves into a corner. They didn't really know what to do at that point. But yeah. I agree with you. It would have been nice to have some more, you know, drops of the character's name or even it was just like a like hushed tone kind of a thing. Yes. Yes. Without actually having, but yeah, it's just one of those things where if they had known from the beginning what they wanted to do, I think they would have done that better. Okay. Because for, for a character that was, had been around for so long and the, the legend to be such a big thing that, it's, you know, it's kind of like, Oh, this is something you never heard about before. Or you heard just a little bit here and there. And then, you know, Trevor. So <laughs> I agree with you. I would like to have had that. Mm-hmm sold a little bit harder earlier on in the whole MCU. But it's, you know, having said that, I did enjoy the movie. I did like it. Any thoughts, Clifton? 
it was fun seeing them build out to like the whole fantasy aspect and seeing more of the magical world of Marvel because we've gotten pieces of it with Doctor Strange and like in the comics, you know, anything goes mm-hmm. in the comics and it's nice to kind of see that stuff coming in to the movies now where I'm like, yeah, like, I mean, it's strange magical places all over the place in the MCU and so I liked all mm-hmm. the fantasy aspects they brought into it. Yeah, I think it's cool. Like, like Frank, I think you you had mentioned this um, again offline. I don't know that we said this on the show ever, but, uh, but it's like, you know, after all the Thanos Infinity Stone stuff, we're back in a we're back in a in a um, like we're we're building to stuff again. We're back yeah. in like even though it's phase four, we're back at at phase one where we have to like build everything up again, right? Right. No, <laughs> you know, story wise, at least. Yeah, I totally believe that that it's one of those things where we have to get back to the idea of we're ramping up again to something larger mm-hmm. while we're still telling these huge stories with a lot of like, you know, a lot of uh, stakes. There's a lot of things involved, but at the same time, we're not going to have, you know, the infinity gauntlet next week. Right. Exactly. And I think not everyone, I don't think everyone's in that mindset of that, that being the case. Right. Yeah. I think, I think so too. I think, I think that, you know, Everybody still is a little is it has a little end game expectations. It's going to be huge again. And it's like, well, we got we got to we got to earn that again. And so we're introducing new characters, introducing new environments. Right. Some some people are coming back. Some people are coming back as different things. Right. Like, you know, we're, we're, we're getting there. We're getting there. Well, I also think a part of the deal is the idea that um, a lot of stuff that they might have done had Iron Fist landed better. And that's not a pun or anything. Mm-hmm. Had Iron Fist been received better or landed better i think they would have done earlier Mm. with like with like for example kunlun being like in a magical place right i think they might have done that as opposed to doing it more with 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 shang chi instead right all right let's um let's move on to eternals and um this is the part of the show where i am going to sit back and let you guys ride (laughs) because i have not seen it I still haven't made my way to the theater yet for anything, so I'm waiting for for January 12th when it goes on Disney Plus. So <laughs> I'm still kind of fuzzy on why they made it. Oh. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm like Zach. I haven't seen it either. Yeah, that's my thing. I'm still kind of trying to. It's 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 a fine springboard for some other stuff, but it does definitely feel like a. I don't know. Without spoiling anything, again, I'll, I'll dance around it. I just wonder mm. why <laughs> not about a lot of it. Right. Um, mm-hmm. You know, some of the changes they made to the comic are fine. I don't have any problem with that. Um, the characters themselves are fine. You know, I enjoyed more characters, some characters more than others. Um, I think the third act is pretty cool. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Okay. But yeah, I just, I, again, I don't know. You know, it's one of those things of like when you see a turtle's Happy Meal figures, you're kind of like, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Like, like why? Right. You know, I mean, you know, a a little insight into my life. Yeah. My son got one. I I had to look up who it was. Yeah. My daughter got a couple, you know, (laughs) you know, know, we had a couple where we went went to McDonald's and, and, you know, my wife is kind of like, what is this? And I'm like, it's a turtles, you know? (laughs) You know, and you try to explain, mm-hmm. you know, Eternals as a concept. That's, and then, that's Kumail Nanjani. Right. Exactly. <laughs> You've seen him in things. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I just, that, that that was my, you know, a lot of it was just kind of like, again, I enjoyed it fine. There were some cool things in it. Um, it definitely sets up other stuff for sure. Um, but overall, 
it's a lot of money on a movie that I don't know that we needed. That's my review. Oh, I think I have a, I have a theory about the Eternals as okay. to why it was produced. Okay, I think it's the art house look to a superhero movie. Uh, it isn't. It isn't. And here's and here's why I say that. Um, even it's capes, but it's a more eternal struggle of being a god amongst people. I guess. Right. Um, how it was shot and who shot it? Um, to me is a significant uh reason as to why I see it as an art house type of deal. Too. Oh no, I get that. I get that completely. And just like what you guys were saying earlier, it's laying groundwork for stuff to come. And I think it's a push for stories to be off world. I think, or maybe even something more fantastical, so to speak. For oh, for sure, it's doing that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping that it's just it's just because we it's like us getting the first 15 minutes of a movie that might take three hours. Okay, right. You know, it's it's setting up the premise for for more of a cataclysmic engagement that we're just getting an inkling towards, and it has to start somewhere. You know, true. Oh no, I get that. I understand. Yeah. I'm just saying, overall, as its own thing, I I kind of go, huh. Mm. No, I I agree. It's it's not as something as straightforward as they gave a man who wanted to fight an army a shield, or mm-hmm. you know, it's not surrounded by the idea of one person. It could be conceptually and how it affects the world or the galaxy as we know it. You know, right? Um, it explains as to why there was a floating head maybe in Guardians. <laughs> you know, right? Yeah, or or at least where it could have come from, or it could establish other beings somewhat watching how things progress you know it, it right. could be a lot of things that involve with it but i'm i'm just hoping that it engages in such a way that it's part of a larger whole and not just uh a drop in a microcosm that had no business being there i'm just i'm just i'm hoping since they've had a plan and they worked a plan for 10 years this is part of the next 10 year plan hopefully right yeah as a calculated move mm-hmm. as opposed to oh that worked let's go with it you know Mm-hmm. Yeah. So right. I understand you're confusing. Yeah, that's what I assume from yeah. it too. Well, no, I'm I'm sure this. I'm sure it's all it's all part of the plan. To quote mm-hmm. the Joker from Dark Knight. Um, yes. But it's also one of those things of well, you know, I, I again when there's there's chances like Guardians that hit and Eternals is still one of those. And I'm like I think it did well, but I'm yet to, I get to to figure out whether or not it was worth the squeeze. I guess. What do you think, Clifton? No, I enjoyed it. It was definitely a daunting movie bringing in 10 characters anew to introduce Mm -hmm. 10 characters Mm -hmm. and flesh out 10 characters in one go, uh, along with a ton of uh, big cosmic ideas. And and I think a lot of those ideas are there. There are plans to go with in the future. I think they are setting up a lot of the cosmic stuff to go further. And I'm, I'm definitely excited to see where it goes as a whole. I did enjoy the movie quite a bit. I did like a lot of the characters, but again, like I'm just taken by like, it, it's a weird choice. You're right. I mean, like it, <laughs> as a project, it's an interesting choice, mm-hmm. um, but, but I do enjoy it. I do want to see, I, I would like to see more with them. Okay. Cool. So let's let's wrap up then with uh, Spider-Man No Way Home, uh, the box office juggernaut that is right. this movie. Um, you know, 
very well may be saving uh, movie theaters <laughs> single-handedly. Uh, again, I have not seen this one yet. Haven't made it out to the theater. Uh, I hear great things about it. What did you guys think? I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. Good. <laughs> that's, all, that's all I want to say without, you know, you know me. I'm, I'm known as loose lips over here. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I know. I know. They're, yeah, they're, stop. Just stop. They're, they're, <laughs> being, they're being nice. Yeah. yeah. They're being nice listeners. They're, 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 they're trying not to spoil it for me. So they're dancing right. around <laughs> things and trying to be vague about it. But I too, I too enjoyed it as a film about a mm. character who is bitten by a radioactive spider. <laughs> I mean, at time of recording, it has only been out a little more than a week. Uh, now right. so i mean there's honestly i'm sure a ton of people out there who have not gotten to see it because at least near us theaters are still full right showings uh every almost every showings almost full every day uh, since it came out when i've checked the movie theaters so i mean yeah there's a ton of people out there uh besides zach who have not gotten a chance to see it yet i'm sure i mean, my thing is just saying from like i wasn't honestly all that excited about it just based on what i saw i was like yeah it looks good mm-hmm. it looks good yeah. <laughs> and like what i thought it was going to be i was like ah, i mean i don't really need what i think it's going to be um but i'll still go see it for sure <laughs> i'm sure it'll still be fun mm-hmm. and then when i got there and, and they gave me what it was all of a sudden like i loved it like i was totally <laughs> fine with it <laughs> And so that's that's my only take is is that okay. I was a little I was a little hesitant going in until they gave it to me and then I was all in on it. So that's my take on it. Okay, that's reassuring for me because <laughs> I was I'm a hundred percent in the same boat as you, right. Clifton, for that. I was yeah. like I was like okay, yeah, all right. Uh, I feel I feel like we got a a, a universe hopping Spider-Man movie already mm. in recent memory, but I'll, okay. <laughs> right. I like Tom Holland. I like that take and right. everything. So, so I'll go like, you know, it's, it's MCU connected. So of course they've earned my trust. I'll, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's not disinterest that kept me away. Right. But can I say one thing? Sure. I want, I want to say this one thing. I was surprised how many different people were satisfied with. It. It's true. Mm-hmm. Like types, types of fans or. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. And that's and that's one thing that su- surprised me by doing that. Right. Okay. I've never seen that type of acknowledgement on that level. Also cool to hear. Yeah. And reassuring cuz I've been trying to stay spoiler free. So really I haven't seen uh a whole lot of a whole lot of the the reaction other than it seems to be like people are gushing about it. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. which is cool. Yep. But yeah. And we did predict the box office success. Uh, we did predict yes, that yes. back in our box office episode when mm. we were talking about blockbusters. <laughs> I do think, I do remember, I said, we said that Spider-Man would be the first blockbuster of the year. Like the first real, real blockbuster of the year. Mm. So we were correct in that. Right. But a billion in a week, I was not expecting. <laughs> That's more than I was expecting. No, I mean, but it, it's, it's, it's weird. It's, it's like, it's, it's it's almost like pre pandemic box office numbers right? Yeah, for the first time. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like was, is this one. So, all right. So we, we're going to segue really quick also um, to uh, this is the year we got uh, MCU TV yep. stuff on Disney plus. Yes. So we'll, we'll, we'll jump into these. And then after, after we've done Marvel, then we'll go around and we'll sort of say other things from 2021 that we, that we enjoyed. So uh, let's start. Let's start with the first one. WandaVision. 
Here we go. Tommy, hot potato. Go. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Um, For introducing a lot of elements on different wavelengths, like the whole thing with um, the love letter to sitcoms, Mm -hmm. as well as fleshing out the backgrounds of not one, but arguably two Marvel characters. Um, it was it was nice. Uh, it, it even gave me one of the, probably one of the most memorable uh, lines I've ever heard in TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was beautifully written. Um, I, I liked how they fleshed out the character. In fact, what it's basically uh, uh, three movies for a character as mm-hmm. far as as far as what I felt as far as the runtime mm-hmm. is and what it introduced. Yeah, um, wasn't expecting any of it, uh, and for it to work so well and people appreciate it, especially to new audience on um arguably a West Coast Avengers storyline. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. was right. remarkable. Um, I'm, I'm glad the points they hit. I'm glad how they pushed, they single-handedly pushed the uh, the Marvel or the MCU into new territory that's commonplace for comic book readers as far as the multiverse is concerned and mm-hmm. where it could lead. It mm-hmm. pushed uh, the effects of magic and what it really means to that universe. Um, it it did a lot of heavy lifting, um, in ways that I didn't think people would find palatable, but it successfully accomplished a lot of things, and and even got an Emmy nod. Yeah, I I loved that the show seemed to relish into in making us confused, and I enjoyed that because like it, you know, as I've said in the past, or like it's Marvel, you've earned my trust at this point. Like like I'm with you, I'm along for the ride. I know that there's gonna come a point that this is all going to make sense and you're going to explain stuff to me. And in the meantime, I know that like, that, like, okay, you're making, you're making like weird references to like Dick Van Dyke and stuff like that. I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> and there's this voice that, that, <laughs> that I'm hearing. I'm like, I don't know what any of that means, but it's cool. And I like theorizing about it. Like, you know, it was it, in that way. It was, it was one of the most gratifying watches of 2021. I think for that, like it, it stayed with me. I loved looking at my wife after like, what do you think this means? What do you think that means? Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, I mean, for the premiere, for being the premiere of, of Disney plus MCU TV, they came out like they came right out swinging. They came mm. right out swinging with it mm. and captured everybody's attention almost immediately. And that was, I mean, it became like the, the media pop culture juggernaut of, of the early year. I mean, everyone was talking about online, like people who don't even watch the MCU movies. I know we're like, I'm watching WandaVision now. So, I mean, they definitely captured like the, the pop culture zeitgeist as it is with that one and, and, and put themselves on the stage, I think. Mm-hmm. And probably brought a lot of people back for all the other ones that might not have, have jumped on board to the later shows too, because of that. Yeah. Interesting. I think to point out too, that, that it was not intended to be the first show that, you know, pandemic had some, release delays with with the 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 tv calendar we were supposed to get falcon winter soldier first correct mm-hmm. yeah which makes more sense to me thinking because it's definitely a safer show right it's a more straightforward story yeah i don't mean in a bad way exactly it's it's you know it's what you see is what you get it's uh you know what i mean there's there's no there's no uh weirdness in that way happening with it and so i think for for it to come out with this one and kind of make everyone go, huh? Like scratch their heads. It was, was, you know, ballsy. Why is it black and white? Right. <laughs> yeah. That's what I got yeah. from, that's what I got from uh, my, my barbershop. 
Yeah, they were like, why is it this? <laughs> mm-hmm. All of a sudden, for that length of time, I became the expert in all things Marvel. Right. <laughs> but they were intrigued. Like, they were there wanting to know the answers. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it was It was weird. when It was, was it the fourth episode when everyone was like, oh! And then it was... It was, you know, everyone's jumped on for the ride as opposed to questioning everything they did up until that point. <laughs> right. Know? Yeah. Yeah. And that was a re- that one was a real standout for me. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you um, b- before before we run on to Falcon Winter Soldier, what the frustrating thing, I think, for me, for all the MCU Disney Plus stuff is I don't know when or not to expect a stinger. Like, I've been so conditioned to all things Marvel to be like, stay to the end of the credits. Right. right. There's going to be something. And then in this case, it's like, it's like sometimes you get something and sometimes, you know, <laughs> right? Like, right. you know, I think on that one, they did it in the last couple episodes. Right. I think the last few episodes had stingers in that one. Yeah. So there doesn't seem, I, I mean, may, maybe there isn't, I just haven't caught it. There doesn't appear to be a rhyme or reason. I think that like, it's always, it's always like the second to last one that they, nah, that it starts right. in, you know, it's just yeah. like, I, I just, I just fast forward and then I'm like, oh, guess there's nothing, like, <laughs> you know. All right, Falcon Winter Soldier. Um, I also loved. Brought back George St. Pierre's Batroc, so I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> Knew you'd like that part. Yeah, it was. It was. These guys heard me for two years say like, just bring him back. He's still alive. He's right. still alive. You, it can. It can work. Like. <laughs> <laughs> right right he survived his brief appearance in winter soldier so he was still on the board yep. <laughs> he got a lot more screen time in falcon and winter yeah. soldier than he did in winter er, yeah. than he did in captain america the winter soldier so that was the highlight for you that was the highlight for you as gsp as batra yes. <laughs> one of them yes one of them because <laughs> my highlight was uh was was baron zemo dancing at the nightclub that was my highlight Right. <laughs> <laughs> Though that was a good part. Yes, it was. It was. It was. And a lot of people love that too. That that was that was there was meme culture grabbed that for a bit. Yeah. I remember. Um I remember I mean like th- there's some awesome action sequences and some great fights in this and and but everything that I remember about this show is just it's talking moments. I think this show had some of the best talking moments of any of the Marvel stuff. It's just, you know, their relationship, uh, uh, Sam and Bucky, just seeing it develop and seeing it grow, I, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm glad they made it into a TV show because I could watch it forever, you know? Right, yeah. And then the Isaiah Bradley stuff, like all of that, all of that stuff were great, great moments too, like, you know? Yeah. Speaking of the action sequences, I think the opening is really great because it, it establishes for a lot of people who didn't really think Falcon was that big a deal. Mm-hmm. Right. Was the stuff that Sam was actually capable of when he was Falcon and then what more he could do when he's actually, you know, now that he's Captain America. Um I love that opening sequence. I think the opening sequence is is amazing, especially for the fact that it's a television show. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But no, I I like I like all the Isaiah Bradley stuff. Um I liked all the like you said, the relationship stuff. Um I've expressed before what I thought about the end of it, but <laughs> overall I think <laughs> right. it was I, I mm-hmm. enjoyed it a lot. I thought it was a really good series. So Yeah. And I'm definitely excited now to see uh, Sam as Captain America. I'm excited to see. For sure. Yeah. No, it it puts the narrative a bit on. I mean, of the four, I probably, well, I enjoyed it for for the most part. I, I, I understand what they're trying to do with that, with uh, Sam as the lead and where they wanted to have that viewpoint of, of you know, 
who he was and his place in the world and how he wanted to move forward. But I, again, I agree with on the last episode on how they ended it. It wasn't very satisfying mm-hmm. as I would have liked it to be. But overall, um, they worked a lot into the character and Winter Soldier. So I can't begrudge them for that. So I appreciated them for uh, even developing the narrative in that direction. So I, overall, I say I, it was a positive. It was a plus for me. Cool. All right. Loki. The show that I was most skeptical about, but <laughs> was thrilled that they actually made once it started coming out. <laughs> um, I was not into it the first couple episodes, mm. but I still think the last episode is one of the best things they've done overall. Mm. I really do. I really think the last episode of the season mm. or the, of the, it was possibly one of the best things they've done overall for the MCU. Okay. But yeah, to me, it set the tone mm. arguably for the rest of the MCU. Mm. Yeah. It introduced the concept that uh, most people are scared to tread. I'm looking at DC. Yeah. <laughs> this one, um, Loki feels the most out of any of the shows, the one that it's like, no, 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 no. you get, you got to see this one. You get like, you can't miss this one. I think this one's important, right? Maybe that's, maybe it's just me. I don't know. Like, like I, what do you guys think? No, without Loki, a lot of what comes afterwards wouldn't make sense. Mm. Um, yeah, it, yeah. It, at least it introduces something that further develops the concept in ways that people can't see what that really means just yet. If that makes right. any sense. Mm-hmm. Um, without that, we really don't get what if. Right. Mm-hmm. Among other things, you know. Right. Um, and it it does it subtly does something that I don't p- think people will see how big it is until that particular character is brought to fruition all i can hear in my head is uh frank's concept of um astronauts versus cavemen it just reverberates (laughs) over and over and over in my head Mm. without it uh while people knowing what it means till it happens you know um nah it was it was it was arguably the most comic booky yeah i loved it i thought it was great yeah it felt kirby-ish to me it felt very kirby-ish Very Kirby-ish. It felt very Kirby-ish to me. It felt, and what I think was interesting is that it felt very, very big, while at the same time, it seemed like it didn't have to do a whole lot to accomplish that feeling, right? Because you are, like, like in an office setting so much, and when you, when you are jumping around in time, you're not, you're not really seeing a whole lot of that time, but yet it, it does make the show feel, like, gigantic, mm-hmm. if, that, if that makes sense, you know? Um, yeah, I just like, I was so surprised about this and that might've been just by my expectations being so like, like, what are they going to do? What's a Loki show going to be? But you know, <laughs> Owen Wilson, right. I thought was fantastic. Yeah, it was oh my God. I, I enjoyed every frame he was on. I enjoyed right. every frame of film he was on. I was like, yes, this is fantastic. <laughs> All right. So we got two more to hit really quick. What if the first animated MCU? Uh, project through Disney Plus. I can't believe how dark that show was. <laughs> I'm gonna put it out there. I cannot believe how dark <laughs> that show was. Didn't mean I didn't enjoy it. I just didn't think they would push it to those limits, especially for mm. it being the first animated canon series. You know, right? right. Yeah, there were some downer episodes. Some of those episodes mm. were were downers in the end. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> I tried so hard not to read 
not to read the opening credits because I didn't want to know the actors that they got for voices so that I knew that, oh, that, that means, uh, I mean, so-and-so is going to show up. That mean, right. right. You know what I mean? I tried, like, I was looking away through all of those. I, I remember. I felt like they're trying to make a uh, countdown of how many times they can uh, uh, kill a particular character. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What if it's great? I imagine, you know, again, for what might have been a show that could have been a throwaway because it was animated. Mm. Right. It doesn't mean it doesn't have consequences or or um, stakes for the rest of the Marvel Universe. I think that's mm-hmm. one thing I liked about it is the fact that, you know, I think they're going to play around with a lot of the stuff that they pl- that they set up in What If. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Okay. And it was fun to see them revisit the the pivotal moments from MCU so far. Like, it was fun to go back and look at some of those moments and see mm-hmm. them from a different angle this time, which... Again, like there's a what if comic that had been running. When did that start? 70s at Marvel? Uh, yeah. Yeah, about 78, I think. And, and so it was a long running comic idea when they would do a similar thing where they'd look back at, at a pivotal moment or a pivotal story and be like, what if it happened different? So, yeah, like I love that they were able to translate that to MCU and that MCU had been running successfully enough so long that there were so many like MCU moments that they could also grab and be like, wouldn't it be fun to see if this was played out slightly different? Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's just a testament to the whole franchise. Also, the biggest thing I'll say is we get uh Chadwick Boseman one last time. Yeah. 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 That too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Hawkeye. Last one. To me, I probably be alone with this. I think it's, I felt to me, it suffered like Winter soldier. That's just my perspective. I wish the ending was mm-hmm. different. I do too. That's all. I loved it. I loved it up until the ending, and I thought the ending was needed either another episode or another pass because it just felt like it was too much stuff was crammed into an ending with not enough time. Yes. Mm. Yeah, this was the shortest show, if I'm not mistaken. This one was only six episodes. So is Falcon right? and Winter Soldier. Yeah. Falcon, mm-hmm. that's true. Okay. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, wow. Falcon Winter Soldier felt longer to me, but that's also I saw it long. I saw it farther back. Right. Um, so so if if you know, uh, spoiler alert for for Hawkeye. If, if some of you listeners are still are still making your way through it, um, I think though this show you know completely uh, cinched in the fact that Yelena is the standout character in the MCU of 2021. Sure. <laughs> right. For phase four so far. Yeah. 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 I think, I think again, she pops in and then it's like, wow, okay. You're still like, I, I had a lot of excitement about Kate Bishop showing up and, mm. and, um, and I think Kate Bishop was fantastic. I, you know, I mm-hmm. love the character, love the way that they did her, love how she was, how, love how she was portrayed. It was, it was great. But I feel like what I'm seeing online is I feel like Yelena is kind of taking the thunder a little bit. <laughs> yeah. She was really great in it too. Mm hmm. I'm surprised how much shine they gave to um, Kate Bishop, given that there are other young Avengers that might, may or may not be appearing. Mm-hmm. But for them to give her such a mm-hmm. huge push over cameos by others was interesting. Right. I think, too, um, now that we've gotten all of the shows out, I think one of the funnest things about the Disney Plus MCU shows is that we all got to see the snap and the blip. Mm-hmm like three different takes of it where it's like, you know, in WandaVision, we got to see what it was like when, when, you know, the people started reappearing in the exact spot that they were in five years ago when it happened and how chaotic that scene would be. 
Right. And then in Falcon and Winter Soldier, you see like the down home effects of what the snap and the blip are and like what it does, what happens to your job, what happens to your bank account, all the assets that you had that, you know, when you were somebody who's designated dead because you vanished. Right. And now suddenly you're back. And what does that mean? And then and then Hawkeye is is seeing it from somebody's point of view who is snapped away and Mm. how your perspective from it is like, you're just confused and weirded out. And because like to you, it's instantaneous when you, when you come back and it's like, what I just lost like in a, in an instant, I lost five years. Right. I just thought it was super, super well done and creative how they were able to, to, to do that. Uh, in, in like, in, and I feel like those were some of the most gut wrenching moments in all of the shows that they appeared in. Mm-hmm. So I was impressed. Yeah, I was impressed. All right, so that should close it out for Marvel in 2021. So now we're going to just start going around. Um, Tommy, I'll start with you. And what else What else was out there in 2021 that we really, really enjoyed? Movies, TV, comics, whatever. <laughs> whatever you got. Okay. Um, you, know, you know what? I'm going to start off the gate. Invincible. All right. Okay. Uh, keeping the comic book around for a bit, you know. Um, I always anticipated seeing this show come out. You're talking I, the animated series, though, right? Yes, yes, specifically the animated series that debuted on Amazon. Okay. Um, I was very much surprised in how they gave me the story, which is very close to what the comic book is, but making subtle changes to make it seem new to people who've already read it. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, but the overall part, I did not imagine that they'd make it that much more graphic than the comic. <laughs> and that's saying something, if you've ever read the comic. Mm. Um, I can't wait to see what season two is going to bring as far as how they're going to keep the momentum going because they placed the bar so high as far as to what kind of damage that level of super being can do to a town that's vulnerable to it, I guess. Yeah, um, I always felt Kirkman's um, story of Invincible is better than Walking Dead. Yes, um, mm, it is. <laughs> it is. And, and then for the for it took years for them to produce it, and it finally came to fruition. So I mean, I was excited about that. But I, again, and also, it was the first cartoon that I've ever seen carry an hour long, as opposed to thirty minutes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm yeah, I'm used to seeing in other uh, like maybe anime, but never um, um, Western animation. You know. No, I, I, I enjoyed it. Um, again, very violent. <laughs> it's extremely violent. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, but I overall enjoyed it and, and was thought it thought it'd be not something that I'd never see come to fruition. Maybe a movie. Nothing like this. Mm-hmm. So Invincible from Amazon is my um, first one. Yeah, it was great. I was very surprised as what how how good it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and they shuffle stuff around, but they do a really good job with it. And overall, it was it's it's a good it's great by itself, and that's always a testament. Um, as much as I love the book, you don't need to read the book, at least not so far, to enjoy the first season of Invincible. Yes. Okay. Frank, why don't you go next? Something I enjoyed in 2021? Yeah. Uh, I would have to go with, um, let me see here. Looking over my list. I am going to go with the Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Okay. Um, that's a video oh, wow. game. Video games. Video games. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I figured I'd go with that one. Um. Yeah, I'm as as you know as, as I've said before in other podcasts, and I know I told the rest of you off air. Off air, I had played Mass Effect two and three uh, a number of times, um, 
and enjoyed it. Loved it. I think it's a great series. And never played one. And then when I, when this remaster came out, I finally picked it up and have been playing it. And it's it's great for a game that you know is quote unquote as old as it is to play Mass Effect <laughs> for the first time. Even though I know like where a lot of the plot goes, I know where a lot of the characters go. Um, to see the relationships develop from the very first game, as well as you know, uh, you know seeing characters' first appearances and mentions of things that I know that are going to be more important. I you know I'm really loving it overall. Um, I'm sure, you know, it's something is, it is also one of those things where it's going to be my first experience of playing through all three and watching how the choices you make in one affects two and then affects three down the line. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I love it. I'm, 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 I'm amazed at how much I enjoy this, you know, couple console back game <laughs> of Mass Effect <laughs> that I never, I never got a chance to play before this. So I'm, I'm really digging that. So if you, if you're on the fence, if you're a person who's ever played Mass Effect, um, like I was that played only two or three, definitely pick this up because it's very cool. They did a re- great job with uh, remastering and making it seem like it's not that old. <laughs> right. So, yeah, love it. It's awesome. This is originally published in 2007. There you go. Right. So it is, it is a while back <laughs> in video game yes. terms, <laughs> video game lifespan. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. a while ago. So this one's like all polished up, new graphics and everything, but same yep. old stories. Yeah, they also changed the um, the gameplay, as we understand it, for the first one. People are, you know, mm-hmm. they, they they say that um, I guess the gameplay compared one to two is 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 like a leap and bound between the two. Okay, but they said when they with the remaster, it's much more enjoyable to play this time around because it's closer to what you get in two and three. So. Mm-hmm. You know, as a as a noob, quote unquote, to never playing one, <laughs> right. I, you know, I, I I can't tell any difference. So yeah, yeah, it's fun. It's a lot of fun so far. I'm loving it. You know, I've never played any of them myself, but I have watched uh, streamers on Twitch playing the legendary okay. edition of this one, and it does look great. It looks fantastic. Yeah, I enjoy it, watching them play. At least, yeah, I'm sure I'd enjoy playing. Yeah, <laughs> again, for something that, that I didn't realize, I, you know, in my mind, I, I guess you know, I can conflated to be a little less time but no to be something that's that old quote unquote in video game time it's it looks great it's again it's i'm amazed at how well it plays and and how much i'm enjoying it what's one of yours clifton so it was an honorable mention last year one of my honorable mentions last year was uh saved by the bell the peacock (laughs) reboot yes so now uh well now they're season two so I'm going to include it this year as season two of Saved by the Bell, the Peacock show, as an actual as an actual entrant in my list this time because season two is just as good as season one, mm, okay. and and the show is fantastic. It is a yes. ton of fun, and like I was, like I mean, again, a while back we did uh, a Saved by the Bell episode, and so like you know, Zach and I were huge fans of it originally in its original iteration, and and he's not seen this version yet, but I've seen it. And like, I enjoy it on as a, as a tribute to the old one. I enjoy it as the in jokes to the old one. And I enjoy it as just a funny sitcom. Like, I mean, it is, it is a joke machine (laughs) at the, the pace that they throw funny lines at you from all directions in this show. Like everybody's doing a good job on the show. All the, the young actors, all the original cast actors, everybody. It's, It's just fantastic. I enjoy it a lot. And it has a ton of heart do which which is funny cool because you'd think it would just be like a satire mm. of the original but now like like there's new characters and new stories and and they've got heart too uh where am i gonna go um i think i'm, I'm gonna say uh kid cosmic the netflix animated series by craig mccracken uh this is my favorite thing that craig mccracken has ever done i mm. i absolutely adore this cartoon 
Um, and it's about a kid who, um, you know, very much knows his superhero lore. He's in the comic books. He's into all of that stuff. Right. And he finds these stones that will grant you abilities. And, um, and he wants to desperately be like the superhero of his small town, but then other people end up getting the stones Mm. that are better at those things than he is. Uh, and, and it's, it, it's a hard sell, but, but, uh, in that way, the, the, the way that I'm, I'm mentioning it, but what, it, what's so cool about it is, uh, it is you're going to see superhero tropes and things that you have seen in movies and comic books, if you're into that stuff, but you're going to see it from a different angle, from a different perspective from right. They're going to put a new spin on it, which is, which is really, really fun. And one of the things that, that I say, that's really cool. Um, the Tommy and I talk about is that this show has figured out how to do covers on TV. <laughs> okay. If that makes sense. Um, which, which is again, really, really awesome. Uh, you know, I, I'm always trying to think about like ways that animation and comic books can sort of like bridge each other and kind of be a little more similar. Uh, and this show does it, does a fantastic job at it. So I'm, I'm super impressed with this show every single time. Sounds cool. I've not gotten to check it out yet. It's all on Netflix, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep, two seasons now. Um, yeah, you'll you'll eat through it quick. It's 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 uh, uh what fifteen minutes a burst? Is it correct? As far as how short it is, it's kind of all over the place. Some of the some episodes I've seen are are you know will be like twenty five minutes, and some will be like yeah like seventeen. Yeah, yeah. So the runtime's kind of all over the place a little bit, but. It's cool. I actually kind of like that because it keeps you on your toes a little bit. <laughs> it does. Yeah. So go it ahead. Does. Tell me what else you got. Um, hmm. Trying to think because my viewing is all over the place. Um, okay. I'll say one that I enjoyed and I made other people see is Love Life Season 2. Mm-hmm. Season 1 was based upon um, Anna Kendrick's character and what she found love. In which it felt boring to me. I never got past the third third episode of the series, but the second season it deals with um, I forget Harper's character. I forget his full name, but he's Cheedy from the Good Place. Okay, mm-hmm. in which he finds love, and which makes this interesting. Starting out is that he's married in the beginning of the episode, and he's been married for five years, and something happens to him that upends his marriage and leads him on a path to find himself and love. And the way they go about doing it is arguably so realistic and so messy, it compels you to see him throughout his journey of 10 episodes to see where it goes and where it eventually leads him. Um, I blew through those episodes quick. They came, uh, I think they stream, yeah, it's streaming on HBO Max. And if, when it debuted, those three episodes at a time until it was done, the last week being four episodes as opposed to three. But it was something that I didn't know it dropped. It just dropped out of nowhere. No um, introduction, no trailer, nothing. And the only thing that made me want to watch it was it starred GD of the Good Place. It also <laughs> starred, um, I think, Jessica James, who was an old correspondent from uh, The Daily Show. Mm-hmm. During John Stewart's run, mm-hmm. she's a part of it. Um, and there's other SNL stars sprinkled in. I won't say who. It's part of the surprise when you see it, if you choose to see it. But definitely, I got more. It was a show that I didn't know I needed. It gave me insecure vibes if you watch that too. 
just on the realistic path of uh, how African-Americans are depicted on TV and what they might go through and how we're seen, you know, um, definitely insecure vibes as far as uh, um, explaining certain nuances that go with love that people push aside or how messy it can get and dealing with those circumstances throughout your life. Okay. So second season of Love Life on HBO okay. Max. Cool. Jessica Williams. That's the course. Jessica, Jessica Williams. Jessica Williams. Yeah, yeah. Thank She's you. great. I love her. Yes. You'll love her in this if you love her overall. <laughs> um, Frank, what you got? You got another one? Yes. This one's a movie uh, that I, that I really enjoyed for 2021, which was Nobody starring uh, Bob Odenkirk. It's one of those things where he's, you know, okay. he's, it starts out as he's, he's kind of a, a schlubby middle-aged dad. <laughs> and then, you know, he's a dad with a past. Mm. So him and Christopher Lloyd, um, Tommy, who else is in it? Um, the RZA from Wu-Tang yes. Clan. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> yes. But yeah, but overall, it's just one of the things where it's, um, I know, you know, Odenkirk definitely, um, wanted to commit to the role and did a lot of his own stunt, a lot of his own fight work in it. Um, mm-hmm. you know, it's not one of those things where he's like a, you know, he's, he's not a horrible person kind of, it's not one of those where he revels in the fact that he's able to do some of the violence that he does. Right. But at the same time, you know, he, you know, he, there's, there's a line in it about, you know, he was definitely the guy that you didn't want to show up at your doorstep. <laughs> so, okay. Um, and it's interesting to see him in that role because normally that's not him. So mm-hmm. I love nobody. I thought nobody was great. Highly recommend it. It felt death wishy. It felt death wishy from what I saw of it. It definitely does. It may feel that way, but again, it's not one of those, you know, there's, again, watching the whole thing, he makes, there's a lot of choices he makes that, that, uh, Charles Bronson wouldn't have made <laughs> in the same situation, no, I felt. not even remotely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. So it's one of those things where, like, that's what I loved about the character the most was the fact that in times he was just like, you know, he needed that outlet, but he didn't choose to go that way, which I thought was great. Which speaks to character, and I thought it was awesome. So okay, cool. Yep. Yeah, I thought it looked neat. I thought it looked cool from from the trailers and stuff that I saw. Um, yeah. Cool, Clifton. What's another one for you? I liked um, Mysterious Benedict Society on uh, Disney Plus. I've talked about it some on the show before, and I know Tommy's a big fan of this show as well. I mean, it kind of came out of nowhere because I didn't know anything about it. It is based on a young adult not series of novels of the same title, Mysterious Benedict Society, is written by Trenton Lee Stewart and uh, cover illustration by Carson Ellis on those. Um, but it's just, it's a great show. It's like a quirky kind of young adult mystery, <laughs> like sort of espionage, sort of quirky. It has like, I mean, it looks like a Wes Anderson movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like in colors and 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 in style and and the the just the the story is told in a, a clever way and the characters are fun and interesting and it's very over the top so it's like very you know kind of stylized and artificial but it's just so cleverly done and interesting and like I've liked it a lot I I, I don't know if they're getting a season two yet I can't remember if it was picked up or not but I hope it was because season one was fantastic if nothing else but a little Russian girl. <laughs> oh yeah, the there's a character Constance Contraire is her name and she steals every scene she's in. She is fantastic <laughs> in it. Uh I thought it was an American actress faking a Russian accent, but it's not. Like they actually did <laughs> they got an actress like a very young actress from Russia 
like sent an audition tape in and they were like, she's great. Like let's hire her. Right. And so they did. And she's fantastic. Uh, uh, but Tony Hale is, is the title character of Benedict from, uh, from Veep. And I forget what else he's been in, but he's very funny and he's very good in this, in, in the roles that he plays. Okay. Forgot about that. Um, I have a tie for mine. Um, these are both Disney animated movies, so I'm I'm throwing out um, Raya and the Last Dragon, which mm-hmm. I, which I was excited about uh, last year. Mm-hmm. Um, saw it, absolutely loved it. You know, very very. It, it gives me Last Airbendery vibes. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's cool to see Disney play around with martial arts, and this is one of those another like beautiful one that like you know, like I want the art book to this movie so <laughs> right. badly. Yeah. I've seen this movie easily um 12 13 times wow. this year like i've watched it so many times like i i yeah positively loved it and the other one the one that it's tied with is luca yeah okay which is just you know very very sweet awesome movie uh um you know definitely has has you know quite an obvious message i think um but i i do think that some people might deny what it is unfortunately I'll just leave it at that. Um, the visuals to this, like bl- like Pixar just gets better every time. And the visual, like I, I like this um, Clifton. I'm going to need a spot. This one kind of has a claymation feel to it a little bit. Okay. And it reminds me a little bit of like the Wallace and Gromit studio mm-hmm. a bit, you know, Hardman. Yeah. Yeah. It, it gives me definitely some Hardman feels for it, but you know, I just like their, their, their design work just floors me every time. Like, like one of the characters, um, Antonio has has like a faint scar on his arm, and it's like not really. It's it's like just barely noticeable. It's like it's like just when when your skin gets like the discoloration, like when you have a scratch on it. Like I'm just like man, they took the time to put that in. Like that's crazy <laughs> to me. So yeah, I I absolutely love both of them. Um, you know, and and like Raya, watched this one a bunch of times this year. Also, yeah, great movies. Yeah, I have seen Raya. I've not seen Luca, so I'll definitely co-sign on Raya, which was which was great, and another Aquafina appearance this year. Yeah, so she had several good appearances this year. Yeah, so um, we are saving our number one picks for the end of the show. I think we have time to do a quick lightning round. If you guys have other ones on your list that you just want to blurt out really quick, just say what it is. Maybe just have a sentence or two about it. Oh, for me, then it'd be what we are lady parts. Okay. <laughs> um. Quick show. It's a show about a Muslim punk rock band based in Britain. Okay. If that alone doesn't get you, right. I don't know what will. Yeah. Um, because just the nature of of a sect of people that are supposed to be um, um, quiet and kept to themselves, the fact that they would gather together and um, want to do punk rock of all music is interesting in itself. Mm-hmm. But it deals with uh, what they would see and you get a slice of life of what they go through and what their dreams or or thoughts are behind that. It, to me, it's an extraordinary show. Mm-hmm. Um, another one similar to that, where you live in their world, is Reservation Dogs. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Still got to watch that. Yeah. Right. Oh, again, a great series. Um, I think co-produced by Taika Waititi, if not um, Showrun, mm-hmm. in which you get um, four youths. Um, gather together or at least they have a crew and they center around the death of one of them in which you see them trying to leave the reservation area in order to um um live in LA 
but that's just a microcosm based upon what they what the true show's about. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, Mythic Quest. It's um, Rob McClendy's from um, It's Always Sunny. It's his show. It's on Apple Plus. I mean, Apple TV streaming. That's not bad. It just deals with um, him being the creator of the the most popular um, online game in the country, and the different. It's comedic and the different things he has to go through in order to um, create the next installment of that game. I found it to be interesting. It has a lot of cameos. Uh, great cast. Um, Mayor of East Town. Nice whodunit. Um, flawed character played by um, what's her name from um, Titanic? Kate Winslet. Best role she's been in thus. <laughs> That's all I have to I mean, if, if hmm. to me, I understand why she won the Oscar, but best role she's been in. And last but not least, Hacks with the incomparable Gene Smart. <laughs> um, it's based, it's, it's told from two different perspectives, but it's, they come together. It's um, Gene Smart plays a over the hill comedian and um, I forget. Uh, gosh, she's met by a up and coming comedian writer, and what she thinks she's the smartest person in the room or the funniest person in the room. They come together to create something new that they didn't know both of them needed. But um, that's the short end of it. I don't want to spoil too much about it, but definitely a a a a great show featuring Gene Smart. I love Gene Smart. Uh, ironically, she's in Mayor of Easttown too. So there's that. But yeah, those are my picks. Not my number one, but those are shows <laughs> I was. I, I hope they hit a, a second season or a comeback in one form or another. Okay, Frank, your lightning round. Okay, um, in no particular order, I would go with uh, the Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the closest we're going to get, I think, to Ostrander unless James Gunn makes another one. Um, on the big screen or a small screen, as it were. Mm-hmm. Um, I really enjoyed it. It definitely felt right tonal wise and story wise um also uh, i would go with ghostbusters afterlife i know a lot of people kind of dismiss it as the fact that it's it's a rehash of the original ghostbusters and it is but it's also a very sweet love letter to you know those characters i thought it worked out really well and i'm interested to see where it goes next because it's definitely one of those movies that has a stinger that makes you go huh i wonder what could happen next um oh the netflix movie mitchell's Versus the machines, I thought was really great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, if you haven't checked that one out, that's really good. It's a nice, you know, family bit about um, slash, you know, uh, killer robots. <laughs> you know, an invasion by those. It's a lot of fun. It's a really good one. Then I got to see. I'm trying to think if there's anything else that we haven't covered. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Okay, I got that's what, everything else we talked about. So those are my lightning rounds right there. Gotcha. Okay, Clifton, you're up. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would have put Suicide Squad on Lightning Round 2. I did enjoy it quite a bit. Um, another one I liked was uh, Werewolves Within is a horror mm. comedy. Oh, you liked it. Came out earlier this year. Stars um, comedian actress Milana Weintrub, who a lot mm-hmm. of people know as Lily Adams from the AT&T commercials. Uh, she's fantastic in it, but it's just a clever, fun little horror comedy movie. And I really enjoyed that one a lot. I think that's it. I think we talked about a lot of the others already. <laughs> Covered other stuff. Okay. I'm going to blow through mine really quick. Uh, Infinity Train, book four. You guys knew it was coming. Um, 
I really, really enjoyed the season. It was kind of a, um, it, it, I feel like it's going to go a little underappreciated because it's the default ending of the show. Cause it looks like we're not getting any more of it. Um, and I think had it continued on, I think that this would have been like a really kind of like standout, like tangent season. Um, so, I, I, but you know, as always, I, I love the show and I really, really enjoyed this one. Um, Cruella maybe the best looking piece of media I've seen all year long. I like, I loved seeing this movie, uh, fantastic soundtrack. Doesn't feel Disney ish. Uh, it was kind of sixties mod and a little like sixties punk, like all, all together. Like, I like really impressed with Cruella. Um, Batman, the long Halloween, the two part animated movies, um, make some changes. Uh, I have some notes <laughs> for it. There's <laughs> some stuff in it. I don't like, but, all around, um, I really, really liked it. You know, it's two part. They had some more elbow room to play with stuff, which was cool. Um, and I like how quiet and like and muted it was. Um, it's not very bombastic. Uh, and Batman is kind of dialed down a little bit, which is cool. That's that's refreshing. And then lastly, uh, I'm going to I'm going to say Dave Grohl. <laughs> okay. This one takes just a little bit of explanation. Right. Um, Dave Grohl. And the Foo Fighters did uh, a five song album called the DGs <laughs> Hail Satan, in which they cover five BG songs. And I absolutely love it. The standout to me, it's not it's not a BG song. It's actually an Andy Gibbs song, Shadow Dancing. That's done by uh, it's actually sung by their drummer. Taylor Hawkins yeah. is like like I'm I'm looking into like Taylor Hawkins side projects now because I'm like, holy crap, this guy is awesome. <laughs> so the DG's album, but also last year, Dave Grohl started the Hanukkah sessions, which is um, what he's been doing with Greg Kirsten, who's his record producer. And what they did last year is they get together. The two of them just cover songs by Jewish artists and they release one each night of the nights of Hanukkah. And this year in 2021, they did train in vain by the clash blitzkrieg bop. Uh, by the Ramones, Jump by Van Halen, and then the big one for me, they did Copacabana, okay. which if you guys know the song, like that's a complicated song, <laughs> and they did it, the two of them. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, awesome. Awesome stuff by them. So, Oh, and then finally, really quick, History of the Sitcom on CNN. I really, really enjoyed watching that on Sunday nights. Okay. That was fun. Okay, so... That's done with lightning round. We've saved all of us have saved our number one picks for the end. But first, if you like the show, you can check out all of our episodes on YouTube and let me know how it is dot com. Just please, however you find us, don't forget to like, subscribe and leave us a review. And finally, you can suggest a topic for an episode. Send them away in the comments or on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is our show's initials L.M.K.H.I.I. All right, Tommy, number one pick for 2021. Um, I'm going to go with. Arcane from Netflix. All right. I'm not a League of Legends fan, even by this, even though I like video games. I couldn't tell you who's the lead character. Um, as, I, as somebody told me, there's like over a hundred different characters or whatever. <laughs> but the what what's what's brilliant about this is, given the huge fandom of the game and being in part of esports, people winning millions of dollars over tournaments, things of that nature. You don't need to know any of it to watch this um, Netflix special, Netflix show in which they delve into the past of certain characters that they pulled off in order to uh, make a coherent storyline of it. 
Now, mind you, the game doesn't have really any set storyline baked into it. So it makes what they did even more spectacular because it's compelling. Um, the animation is top notch. The voice acting is top notch. And the story is very compelling because it, de- it it depicts a, a city with two different halves. One, the um, underground and one, the higher up in which they're trying to have a better society overall. Uh, I don't want to tell too much into it because I went into a blind and I was hoping that anyone who uh, takes the time to see this goes into it with just as much knowledge as I did, which is nothing. Uh, very compelling storyline. People become heroes and villains, uh, even with the best intentions. You see them digress into whatever motivations drives them the most and see what they become as a result of it and and what they introduce with their pathways. Again, great animation, great voice acting. Um, please see it if you can. I enjoyed it from top to bottom. Arcane, Netflix. Okay, cool. That one I've started. I haven't finished it. I haven't uh, finished that one yet, but I did start it. But it is funny because it goes back to like Invincible where the episodes are 40 minutes or so each. Yes. Uh, instead of half an hour, instead of 22 minutes or 15 minutes, like they, they carry those episodes out longer from what I've seen. Yeah, depending on the story, it's how much they pack into it. But it doesn't have any definite time frame slot. The least is thirty minutes. I think the most is fifty, depending mm-hmm. on which episode you're going to see. Right. But yeah, but the the animation. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of animation on our on our list from 2021. That's cool. Makes me happy. Frank, what's your number one? Um, this is one that I was anticipating from last year. That I was I was amazed at how much I loved it and thought how great it was. Which was Resident Alien. Oh wow. Okay. Um. We got that one. It's basically, you know, I've talked about it before, you know, um, Alan Tudyk is playing a alien um, who's crash landed in, in, I believe, Colorado. And he's basically hiding out and then trying to figure out a way to get back home as well as complete his mission. I don't want to spoil it for you. You've never um, if you haven't seen it yet. Season two premieres fairly soon. Um but yeah, it's one of those things where as much as I love the comic series that it's based on and, and, and as much as I do think that series is great, the, the television series itself that's on sci-fi is different from that series, but not different at the same time. It's definitely the same premise, but they go a different direction and it still works. And it's a, it's a, um, it's a definite, um, because of Alan Tudyk, I think Alan Tudyk is fantastic to watch. He's very funny in it. Um, it has a lot of heart. It's very it reminds me of some place if some show like um, Northern Exposure with an alien or Alien she wrote because there's a mystery aspect to it as well. Mm-hmm. So highly recommend it. Um, like I said, season two is fairly soon, right around the corner. So if you're looking for something fun to watch with Alan Tudyk, um, by all means, check out Resident Alien. I believe it's also on Hulu. I think I'm getting uh, a little warm and fuzzy and happy the fact that it was something that you were excited about that ends up being your number one pick. Yeah. <laughs> for the year. I'm happy about that. I was very happy with how it turned out. I can't wait for season two. Awesome. Cool. Clifton, number one. My actual number one would probably be one of the Marvel things, <laughs> but we already <laughs> discussed all those. Okay. So now I got to move slightly down the list. And that takes me to Star Wars Visions on Disney oh. Plus, which. Oh, uh, yeah. There's a lot of, there's nine of, they're all different. They're all in anthology shorts. Um, so they're all, they are all different from each other. They all are all unconnected 
to each other. But as a whole, as a project, it's one of my favorite things. And and some of the episodes I like more than others. Some of the installments I like more than others. But I do, just as a project, I think it's fascinating and interesting that they're all there. And there are interesting things in all of them. There are things worth seeing in all of them. Um, but yeah, it was when Lucasfilm went to a bunch of of Japanese directors, Japanese animation directors, and and their studios, and basically said, like, what do you think of Star Wars? Like, what does Star Wars make you think of? And and just give us that, and and kind of let the these studios, uh, you know, come up with what they wanted, interpret it how they wanted. They weren't strict it's certainly not canon though some of them very well could be canon but Mm -hmm. some of them take a lot of liberties just with the idea of it and it's just a ton of fascinating concepts in each and every one of these uh nine shorts uh, that just range in time the longest one i think is 20 minutes they all usually around like 10 to 15 minutes um but there's just a lot of of really cool stuff and and really cool animation from some top studios and, and japanese creators in there Mm-hmm. I will list my top three, uh, which are the three <laughs> I recommend to people. If you don't want to jump in and watch all nine, if you just want to give it a shot and you haven't yet, uh, my three picks are uh, one called The Duel, another episode called The Village Bride, and the last one is called The Ninth Jedi. So those are my top three picks out of the nine of them. But like I said, there's stuff worth seeing in all of them. Very cool. I've seen three of them and they range from I liked a lot to I really, really, really liked a lot. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. Uh, no, I, I, I this this is this is a terrific show and uh, it was not on my list and I forgot about it. And I'm happy it came up. Um, so this is really, really cool because uh, it is it is great. It is really, really great. And I got to I got to finish it up um, really quick. So what would be your number one pick for Marvel then? What would be your real number one? Just <laughs> I mean, that's tough. Mm-hmm. Um, real number one, WandaVision, maybe. Okay. Or possibly No Way Home. Wow. Okay. One of those. Yeah. Whew. All right. Now I'm getting excited. I'm getting excited, guys. <laughs> All right. My number one is uh, Only Murders in the Building. Okay. The Hulu um, dramedy. Starring uh, Steve Martin and Selena Gomez and Martin Short. Um, this one I was into from the trailer. I just thought it looked interesting. Uh, uh, it's about um, three people who all live in the same building that um, a murder occurs in. And they all happen to be uh, kind of into like true crime podcasts. And so they decide that they're going to try and solve this murder and do a podcast about it. And the <laughs> podcast thing is weird when you hear about it, but I promise um, it really, really makes the show special, I think. And, um, and this is, this is like, I just enjoy everything about it. The, the, it's quirky. It's funny. Um, it's dramatic. It's tight. Um, I love the New Yorker style, like credits to it. And this was a fun thing for my wife and I, like we watched all through October. It was great for the season. Not that it was Halloween themed or anything like that, but it was just kind of a fun um, kind of, kind of moody, kind of a um, can be dark in places thing to watch that was still light, if that makes sense. Um, it's all over the place in a good way. So that would be mine. I don't know if any of you guys have caught it. Not yet. I've not got it yet. I do want to watch it. It's it's a strange team up of of Steve Martin, Martin, Martin Short, 
and Selena Gomez. It is. But uh, I think they're all great. I just haven't seen the show yet. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've, I've seen it. I've seen it. It's nice. It's. I think the second season mm-hmm. adds a dynamic to it that, well, you'll, you'll if you get it, you'll see. Especially how it ends this season. Yep. Can't wait. Can't wait. Can't wait for season two. And and it does have a lot of fun, like, like guest appearances and stuff like that that I'll just throw out there. Yeah, a lot of cameos. A lot of good cameos. Yeah. So this is a good list, guys. So, um, all right. As always, we'll post links and examples to everything we talk about on letmenowhowitis.com. Just please remember to like us and follow us on social media. Thanks for being here with us. Be sure to come back next week for part two, where we look ahead to what we're most excited about in 2022. We'll see you then. Have a good one.